Welcome to the Mustang UMC podcast recorded each Sunday morning during our 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. services. We invite you to join us in praise and worship during that time, and our hope is that this podcast serves as an encouragement for you and for your family in your daily life. Church family, will you rise in body or in spirit as we open the Holy Scriptures together? If you can believe it, it's Christmas time. And we're in Luke chapter 1, because that's the best place to start Christmas time. Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, who was made, said to be unable to conceive, is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. Now at that time, Mary got ready and hurried to the, uh, a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? And as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Mary said, or Perhaps Mary sang, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He scattered those who are proud in their innermost thoughts. He's brought down rulers from their thrones, but he has lifted up the humble. And he's filled the hungry with good things, but he has sent the rich away empty. He's helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Christ is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. You may be seated. Well, do y'all have favorite Christmas songs? I'm eager to know. I heard uh, Mary Did You Know a lot from the first service, and that's my favorite too. That was good. 
So I want to know, come to me after service, let me know which favorite Christmas songs are. It's great because, as you know, that's the theme of this Christmas season. We're going to sing songs for Christmas and sing songs together and then take song out into the world around us, into our neighborhoods as we go uh, caroling in a few weeks. Song is a powerful thing. For the last 11 years, I've sung the same bedtime song. It is You Can Close Your Eyes by James Taylor. Good bedtime song. Always works. They always yawn right in the middle of it. It's perfect. And my mother would sing a lot, and, and she had three boys, so we'd be like, oh, mom, stop, gross. Don't sing, right? So embarrassing. How dare you sing in front of us? But she was a great singer. She is a great singer. You know, much of our music today is heavily influenced by African-American spirituals, songs that came up from slaves in the pre-Civil War period. So much of our music is influenced by that culture, and these songs were often made up on the fly, just applied to everyday life, a life full of hope, but a life also full of challenges. You may never heard of Wallace Willis, but he's an Oklahoman, a former slave who grew up in Choctaw Territory in Hugo, Oklahoma. And he either wrote songs down that he heard out in the fields working in cotton, or he made up some songs of his own. You might know the lyrics like, Oh my Lord, he calls me, he calls me by thunder. Or, Swing low, sweet chariot. You know that one. It's just a fact of life that God made song for us. We know this to be true. We sing it in our songs, right? The angels sing in heaven in eternity. What happens in eternity when we get there, we join them. Holy, holy, holy Lord. Hosanna in the highest. We sing song. God made song for us. Maybe the first song recorded in our Bibles comes from Exodus chapter 15. It's the oldest bit of Hebrew that we have, that we know of. And it is called Miriam's song. Moses' sister Miriam, as they cross through the sea to the other side, she sings a song of joy. And it's, it's interesting because Mary, the mother of Jesus, Mary's not her name. Mary's the English version of her name. Her name was Miriam, named after Moses' sister, the great matriarch of the faith. So many women, I mean, you know how many Marys are in the New Testament. So many women in those days named after the great Miriam who sang a song. And Miriam, at the time of Moses, sang, I will sing to the Lord for he is highly exalted. And then 1,500 Years later, her namesake, Mary, the mother of Jesus, sings, My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. So just like these slave songs or ancient songs of Israel, Mary is singing of two great realities. She's singing of two forces that seem opposed to one another but really cannot exist without each other. Mary sings of harshness and of hope. She sings of harshness because she's known hunger in her life. She sings of harshness because she's felt the sting of the Roman army occupying her little town. She sings of harshness because she's known what it is to go without things you need. She sings of harshness because she's seen all those who were discarded for lacking power or privilege. And she invites us to ask ourselves the question, what harshness are you experiencing? Or what harshness have you? experienced. Think about our friend Steve in the video today. I don't think he's in the room, but what courage to tell your story like that. Beautiful story. Steve experienced so much harshness 
I remember when I first heard his story, I was so touched by it. And then I heard even more about how Julia and Mike came alongside him and, and helped him. Mostly Julia, she knows that. She's such a wonderful person. You notice how she took it step by step by step. Didn't rush it. You know, Julia's life is a song as well. And Steve's life is a song as well. And that part of the song was a, a part of the song that was harsh and painful to see. But you know, Mary sings not just of harshness, but also with hope. She sings with hope because God will bring food to the hungry. Because God will bring the things we need. Because God will destroy power in those who lord it over others and claim it for God's self. Because maybe her life will get a little bit better. Or maybe it won't. But either way, she knows she's doing God's will. So she sings a song of hope. Harshness and hope walk together in life. Without harshness, hope would not be needed. There would just be whatever it was we're hoping for. And you know that's dangerous when you get what you wish for, right? If you got everything you ever wanted. Remember our friend, our visitor, pastor, who said, you know, Jim Carrey, talking about getting everything you ever wanted so you would realize it's not enough. Stuff just doesn't matter. So without harshness, hope wouldn't be needed. But without hope, harshness would just be a painful reality that none of us could bear. We have to have both. When harshness and hope go together, a song can be sung. I think about another woman of the faith. Her name was Julian of Norwich. We actually don't know her real name, but that was the church that she served at. Julian of Norwich is the first woman to be published in the English language. And she wrote an interesting experience of having almost died and had a vision of Jesus and the love of Jesus. And she wrote it down. And she said, you know, life is like the wings of an eagle. And one wing is beauty and one wing is brokenness. And that eagle just cannot fly without both wings. Life is about beauty and brokenness, about hope and harshness. And don't we all live that in our lives? Aren't we all filled with the hard experiences of things like broken relationships, especially around the holidays, right? It can be hard. You have a family member who's not speaking to you or who you're not speaking to. We can experience the short-sighted mistakes that we make. We knew we shouldn't have done it, but we did it anyway. Or the honest mistakes that we make that still hurt somebody. Or here's the, the scary ones, the, the shouldas. The couldas and the wouldas, right? That just haunt your dreams. Aren't we all filled with those experiences? Experiences like death or divorce or drugs, even with ourselves or those around us. We're all confronted with the harshness of life. And yet Mary reminds us in her song, in the midst of harshness comes hope. Literally hope as a little baby. Hope as a son who arrives Almost ignominiously, a son who's born, and as the great song, O Magnum Mysterium, goes, what a great mystery and wonderful sacrament that animals would see the newborn Lord lying in a manger. And blessed is Mary, who was found worthy to bear Jesus. But we know the story, right? Lying in a manger wasn't the only mission of this Lord. He was also called to lie on the ground with no place to lay his head. He was destined to lie in a tomb, as ignominious as that manger, and much more serious. And while wise men brought Jesus gold and frankincense and myrrh, we could look at it as extravagant gifts of hope. Gold 
pointing toward Jesus becoming king of all. And frankincense, hinting that Jesus was the anointed one, the Christ. And yet, harshness stays there as myrrh sits right there in the manger, reminding us that Jesus would be buried and need the oils that go with that burial. Hope and harshness, even in the manger. And yet, Mary continues to sing. Wonder what your favorite songs are. Not just Christmas songs, but any old song, because this is where we really find out who you are. Like what kind of human you are. We already know early 90s country for Pastor Aaron. Randy Travis, that's my guy. Digging Up Bones, that's my song. <laughs> it's just a good song, it's got a good beat. Who doesn't like Randy Travis? Don't raise your hand if you don't like Randy Travis. I don't want to know. Maybe it's Ed Sheeran. Anybody? Ed Sheeran, you got like uh, uh, Overpass Graffiti, right? Crazy song. I know. Hey, Todd's eyes perked up when I said that. I thought you were a Justin Bieber fan. <laughs> or you might like Elvis Presley, right? Can't help falling in love. Or maybe you like to bang your head in the car listening to death metal when nobody knows you're listening. Right? I, went, ah, Gage. <laughs> I knew it. I already knew that. I already knew that about you. Yeah. Your favorite songs say something about you, but it's not just because of the words. There's something deep down inside that is impactful, right? And so what are, what are the words and what is the song of Mary that it calls to you, that it changes you, that it helps you to feel differently? I mean, have you ever just felt small? Have you ever felt left out or left behind? Felt like an outsider who just doesn't fit in or, or like you're counted out, down for the count, in the coming weeks on Wednesdays, we're going to share in this song together, Songs of Christmas. We'll sing together, we'll take it out to sing to others. But today, it's important to ask yourself the question, what's my song? Because your life is a song. And it's okay if you don't have one, because Mary here today sings a song for you and for me. She sings of the God she sees, the one who chose her for a future of parenting God's own son. The God she sees is one who lifts people up who are left out, helps people who feel small, walks with people who feel unimportant or left behind. The God she sees calls to us by saying, I see you. God sees the teenage girl from a small town in a small province marrying a modest man to live a life of scrounging and working and bearing children. He sees that young woman whose heart's desire is to serve and love whose heart is the heart of a mother who simply loves her children. And he sees a young woman who is way stronger than she ever thought possible, just as you are way stronger than you ever thought possible. And so the question becomes not whether God sees Mary or God sees you, but whether you see God. Do you see God? Do you have a song for God in your heart like Mary? If so, sing it loudly. Live your life as that song. And if not, it's okay. Mary has a song for you. Perhaps we've allowed ourselves to get distracted by things that are shiny or things that don't matter or things that seem really, really important right now but may not two weeks from now or two years from now or even two decades from now. But on this first Sunday of Advent, we have to remember Advent's just another word for anticipation. We anticipate the coming of our Lord. And we sing, O come, O come, we've been waiting for you. We sing that song, and Mary sings the song of a little girl. 
In a moment, we're going to hear Caitlin and the worship team sing that song back to us, a version of it that's just beautiful, He Who Is Mighty, that song that speaks to us. And as they do, I hope you'll take an opportunity to come up to the prayer rail or sit in your pews and pray and listen to the words of Mary, singing over you and singing about God, the God who came for us. She sings, The Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. God's mercy is for those who are in awe of God from generation to generation. God has shown strength. He who is mighty has done a great thing. And the best news is, it's already done. Will you pray with me? Oh, God who is mighty. We're so thankful that you are mighty. That you are strong enough to make us and to save us from ourselves. That you are strong enough to come in human form. That you would call a little girl to know she was way stronger than she thought she was and fill her song with heart, fill her heart with song. So we pray in this moment that you would fill us with hope. The kind of hope that we saw in Julia and Steve today. Fill us so full of that hope that it just pours out of us and into the people around us. And for those of us in this room who don't feel hope right now, who feel just harshness, help them to know that you are here and that your hope is free and poured out by your Holy Spirit. And we ask that you would fill us with that hope by the power and in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Mustang UMC podcast. Once again, our services are at 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. every Sunday morning, and we would love to see you there. For more information about the Mustang United Methodist Church, please visit us at mustangumc.org or email us at office at mustangumc.org. That is office at mustangumc.org. We hope you enjoyed.